Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio. My name is Clarice Connolly. I am your host, and you can find me on empoweringwomen.coach. I work with women to empower them in all areas of life and get them to live the most empowered and fulfilling life that they could possibly live. And I'm so excited to be on air today. This is just going to be an amazing episode. Um, Along my journeys here at Heart Empowered Women Radio, I love having women on who are out living an empowered life, who are living from their heart, and who are just stirring up the goodness that is available to each and every one of us. And my intention is always to bring someone on who's living from their heart to inspire you, to allow you to hear yourselves in their story and what they're doing. While the story may not be the same, the story may be slightly different, the words or the situation aren't the same. It's really just to allow you to hear the possibility, the possibility that you too can do as they are doing, the possibility that you can have more, live life fully, that you can you know, whatever it is. And this guest today I'm so excited for because in the podcast world and being more um, noticed and witnessed as a woman is so empowering. So this, this, I'm just so excited. I'm just tongue twisted. August McLaughlin is a nationally recognized health and sexuality writer, media personality and host and creator of Girl Boner and Girl Boner Radio. Her articles have appeared in Cosmopolitan, The Washington Post, Dame Magazine, HuffPost, and more. She is a frequent speaker on sexuality and gender equality issues. August has been a featured TEDx presenter and attended the United States of Women's Summit convened by the White House as a nominated change maker. Publishers Weekly called her book Girl Boner, the girl, the good girl's guide to sexual empowerment, equally fun, risque, and informative, and a welcome addition to sexual health literature. Welcome on air, August. Hi, Clarice. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, I am so excited that you are were open and on air with me, and I just love everything that you're up to so much. Um, So I really just want to jump in, like, what inspired you to create Girl Boner, the book, and Girl Boner Radio? It's been such an interesting journey for me. It started very young. In sex ed, when I was a kid, I remember learning a little bit about, quote, male pleasure and nothing Mm -hmm. positive for girls. Mm -hmm. And that curiosity really stayed with me. And the first time I heard the word boner and knew what it meant, I literally wondered, what about girl boners? Mm-hmm. And then later in life, the repercussions of not learning about pleasure and my own body really manifested in, in negative and dangerous ways in my life. I was working as a model and I was living in Paris and I went for a run one morning and I collapsed and I was later diagnosed with anorexia, which has the highest uh, fatality rate of all illnesses, all mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And I was really fortunate in that I healed fully. But the most surprising thing was how that came to be. I was sitting in a college classroom and the professor started talking about sex and brought up this discussion around what we had learned about sex. And it was life-changing for me. And embracing my sexuality helped me heal. So I credit it for saving my life, really. And it's also given me this really strong sense of purpose. I love that. Thank you so much. I really want to commend you for um, your openness and the way that you have taken a situation that a lot of women struggle with and really transformed it into an opportunity to you know, dive into something so powerful that more of us need to hear about. Um, Amazing. And you even wrote a book about Girl Boner. What does the book entail? What can we expect from it? Why do we need to run out and grab that? So about six or seven years ago, I launched Girl Boner as a brand on my blog. But even then, my goal was a book because I was already a writer and that's how writers think, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I have this idea. It's got to be a book. And I knew it would take some time to get to that place. I wanted to work with a traditional publisher. And so I finally, a couple of years ago, signed with Amberjack, a wonderful publisher based in Boise. And the book released in August. And it's really a culmination of this work I've been doing for, you know, close to a decade now. And it's a guide to sexual empowerment. It's the guide that I, I wish that I would have had, that I wish more people had access to, the kind of kind of a friend to help you through the confusion, mm-hmm. the empowerment, learning more about yourself. There are a lot of true stories of people that I interviewed over 50 people, a bunch of experts, and also people with so lived experiences. Awesome. Yeah, so it's, it's really exciting for me. It's been really fun. In your interview process, what was the one thing that you learned about that really stood out to you and kind of altered the way you viewed things? Oh, gosh, that's such a good question. Um, The interview process, I would say the interview that that moved me the most was with a transgender woman talking about her experience Mm -hmm. in childhood and Mm -hmm the bullying that she faced. And it, it, even in revising the book and going through edits after I had read the book, you know, six times, it still was (laughs) to my dog mostly, um, (laughs) you know, to go through looking for errors and stuff and Mm -hmm. being very technical, but each time my eyes would well up with tears. And I just, it, it breaks my heart that these gaps in education Mm -hmm. lead to so much hardship and judgment. Right. Absolutely. 100%. And if you were to, like, what is the thing that you would give as, like, advice or wisdom or um, kind of an access point for those people that, you know, may not be as open or explorative or as um, curious, I guess, to really just venture into that unknown of, like, being empowered around your own sexuality? That population is exactly my main audience. So I'm really glad that you asked that. I think it's really important that people know that it's common and okay and normal to have fear and to feel very vulnerable around these topics, to not even know where to start. 
And uh, so I, I first want to just validate those feelings because mm-hmm. I think we've all been there and some of us are there for a while. It's a journey and something that can take a lot of time. I would say start with self-awareness because mm-hmm. all change and empowerment starts with that. So Absolutely. sitting with yourself and asking yourself questions like, what did I learn? How do I feel about my sexuality? Um, maybe writing about it. That's why I have questions throughout my book that are journaling prompts. And then I have a a girl boner journal releasing soon as well, because I feel like writing is a beautiful way. You don't have to be a writer, you know, but just somebody who wants to get the thoughts out without judgment, being able to scribble out your thoughts, draw them, doodle them on a page can be really helpful. I love that. I'm such a dork for like prompts and journals and workbooks. I'm just like, yes, now I'm definitely getting your book <laughs> because I, I love that, right? Like there's there's so many books out there that have such great wisdom and such great information and you're so high on this information while you read this book and then you put it down and it's like gone, right? And what I've noticed is the ones that really stick make you like, hey, put down this book, answer this question, pick it back up and we'll start. You know what I mean? Like it's like you actually, you know, get a chance to kind of um, ingrain it in you because you're you're asking yourself what about these things. It's so true. And journaling for me has been so powerful just to know about some things that I don't even realize that I'm thinking about, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, because I think our subconscious a lot of times holds a lot of our fears and thoughts yeah. and situations and challenges that we are not comfortable facing. Mm-hmm. And by letting it pour out, sometimes I will write something and then look down and go, oh, that is the thing that's been causing my back ache or making it hard to sleep. And once you give it some air and room to breathe, that's where healing happens. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. I don't know what I don't know what individual in my life gave me a diary at a very young age. But boy, when I was starting to question life, I was so grateful that I had something to write down my thoughts and feelings inside of. And even to this day, I've relied heavily on a journal just to support in like processing. And if anybody out there, you know, isn't into journaling, hasn't started or hasn't caught, um, I really love to just emphasize just like to start journaling is really just to write like, hey, I don't know what I want to write about. And it's really funny when you like start with that sentence, (laughs) what actually like spills out after and, you know, from, you know, regurgitating to a, a circumstance or a situation that's really kind of heavy or upsetting you to like venturing into like, what am I feeling? Or like, this is how I feel about this. It's such a great release of um, feelings really and all things Mm -hmm. related. Yeah. I love that. What is, um, what would you say, like, what's your favorite thing to write about? Like, what is that thing that really just lights you up that you wish more people knew about? or wish more people were talking about? I'm such a fan of writing whatever you feel compelled to write. So Mm -hmm. that does vary for me, but certainly once I realized that sexual empowerment was what I wanted to focus on, writing has been so much more fun and fulfilling for me. So that's, that's a big one, but I also enjoy writing fiction. I have a novel that I published maybe five years ago, six years ago, it's a psychological thriller. I wrote a, an erotic story that's in an anthology. So I really like to have the freedom to, to kind of go in any direction that my heart wants to. 
but every week I, I blog about something related to Girl Boner and I really enjoy interviewing people. It's been a really neat thing to discover because it's not kind of what I set out to do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if I'd really enjoy it. I would interviewed people for articles, but the podcast and the radio stuff kind of came on a fluke. And mm-hmm. I just love it. As you know, connecting with people in that way is a really special thing. Oh my gosh. It's so amazing. It's I, yes, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Never in a million years when I thought I've had a podcast, but now that I've just met and connected with people and I continue to get referred to and meet new people, it's just such a organic way to just have a really empowered and powerful conversation for other people to, you know, hear for themselves. And, Speaking of, um, if you're interested and love August, as I do, and want to know more, she does have a website. It is August, A-U-G-U-S-T, McLaughlin, M-C-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N.com, in case you're spelling impaired like I am. Got that all set down for you. And talking about articles, you've interviewed a bunch of really great people. And the articles that you can find on her site, I love. Seven different types of orgasms you probably didn't know you could have. Um, hang-ups about gender, orgasming. I, it's amazing. Like This content is what more people need to read and hear about. Um, I think the one that, t- that catches my eye first and foremost is the seven different types of orgasms you probably didn't know you were having. Can you share a little bit mm-hmm. more about those? Yeah. So that is actually an excerpt from my book that appeared in shape. So I knew you had good gems hidden that in that book. <laughs> That's, it's a, it's a topic I really love exploring because we hear that people have well, if you have a vulva, you have two different kinds of orgasms. That's usually what we hear. It's internal, it's external, it's mm-hmm. G-spot or it's clitoral. And there's so much more to our sexuality than, than that. So I shared seven types. There are probably more types, but I wanted to talk about the types that I hear quite a lot about from readers and listeners that don't get a lot of attention. And one is thinkgasms, where you think yourself off. You don't touch at all, <laughs> which I have not done. I have had sleepgasms, which is pretty cool too. If you have, it's basically a wet dream if you orgasm in your sleep. But to experience orgasm through basically daydreaming or intentionally thinking, you know, about erotic thoughts and your body and connecting in that way, there, there are a number of women who experience that. And so often I hear from someone who says, oh my gosh, this strange thing has been happening to me. Am I an anomaly? And I'm like, no, this is, you know, and it's actually, there's one study that, that has proven that the brain does react the same way. So it's not really any different from using a vibrator. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's so awesome. I love that. And so there's, you know, the G-spot orgasm, the sleepgasms, the backgasms. I mean, amazing, right? Because I, I think one of the things I've challenged in the last four or five years is that we as individuals think that the only way or we're modeled by society or, you know, raised on the belief that like the only way to express like the deepest amount of love is through sex. And it's like, there's so many ways to have intimacy or to express love. And it's not just in your traditional, you know, um, sense of sex and when I read this I'm like yeah exactly and there's not just one way to have an orgasm 
I knew it, right? Like the, <laughs> yeah. I love the, to be able to challenge that, um, that norm that we all think and the ways that you can really expand the depths of which you can experience sensation. Absolutely. I agree completely. And I love that you brought up the fact that you don't have to have sex or some people think it has to be intercourse mm -hmm. to have intimacy. And that's definitely not true. And also there are many people who are asexual and don't mm -hmm. experience sexual attraction and can still have lives full of love. And mm -hmm. some are romantic, some are not romantic. And being able to accept all of the uniqueness of, of who we are is what sexual empowerment is about. It's not about having as much sex as you can, right? It's about yeah. being authentic. Absolutely. And how do you educate individuals in expanding their horizon in regard to like preconceived notions around sex or um, implied or society's portrayed um, relationship to it? I think it's really important to question myths, anything that feels a little wonky. Mm -hmm. I remember growing up hearing that boys thought about sex every eight seconds, or I think it was eight. And at the time, I remember feeling uncomfortable when I heard that, not because I thought that was a bad thing, but just it didn't feel right to me. There are these weird myths that we hear, women are this way, men are that way. And anytime something's really binary that way, or it makes like a huge generalization, like a headline that says, women orgasm like this, or this often, I think it's really important to to dig deeper and to actually look at where does that information coming from? Mm -hmm. And if you've kind of absorbed the messaging from it, how has it affected you? If you believe that you can only experience pleasure in X, Y, or Z, then have you limited yourself to that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like, yeah, like I feel like there's this, I'm like, how do I, what do I, what question do I ask you to get people to be curious and courageous to step outside the box? And I'm like, ah, that's a big, that's tall order. Um, <laughs> but what would you say like there is to, um, like in your own personal experience, right? Cause how did you step out of that box and start to really get curious? Was it the trust level you had with a partner? Was it being able to educate a new partner? Like how did you experience the, um, navigation around really expanding your horizon? There have been so many epiphanies along the way and sort of, I call them girl boner turning points where we're going along on our journey and then all of a sudden we go, oh my gosh, you know, I discovered something or there's this new layer. One was that college class I, I mentioned where I was really realizing that I hadn't really talked much about sex. I'd had sex, I'd had pleasurable sex, I'd had orgasms, but I, I wasn't sexually empowered. I wasn't I didn't feel comfortable or I hadn't really thought to have these conversations with people. So that was one, was really looking inward and back at my own journey, looking at what I had learned about my sexuality and considering the repercussions. And I know that that fueled my eating disorder. So some of that can be hard because it's kind of, you look at your life and you kind of grieve what you could have had. Mm -hmm. um, you're like, wow, I really missed out on this or that. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's all worth it to me. I'm, I'm so grateful to be doing the work that I do, but it's okay to have those feelings. Um, another one was uh, masturbating for the first time, which I didn't do until I was 30. And that was one of the, that was right before, not too long before I started Girl Boners, a blog series, but it was one of the epiphanies that made me realize that I had been seeing sex and sexuality as something that 
was limited exclusively to between two people, mm-hmm. that it was dependent on another person. And I was like, well, if I have a partner, then why, why would I need to do that? Mm-hmm. And I'm not suggesting that people have to masturbate, but I do think it's really important to realize that our sexuality is our own. So that was really life-changing for me. That's awesome. Would you say that, um, would you say that there's like a connection between like, I don't know how to word this question. Hold on one second. <laughs> Cause I can, do you think that we have to love our bodies first to be able to feel comfortable enough to explore them? I love that question. I don't, I think, I think first of all, it's natural to have a little bit of discomfort. Mm-hmm. Don't, I wouldn't recommend anyone do anything that's terrifying, but if you feel butterflies about something, you're like, Oh, I want to try this thing. I'm a little nervous. That's, that's all right. And I think it's still worth considering, but I don't think you need to totally love your body and see no quote unquote flaws in the mirror and that kind of thing to experience pleasure. And I also don't think you need to have this, you know, amazing sex life to appreciate your body. I think one fuels the other. So if you work on your body image and work on accepting your body, it will help your sex life. You will have Mm -hmm. more pleasure but sometimes the opposite is what happens. And that's what really happened for me was embracing my sexuality helped me embrace my body. It literally changed the trajectory of my life. And one of the ways was that I didn't, I stopped, I didn't want to starve a body or Mm -hmm. diminish a body or shrink a body that I had so much newfound respect for. Hmm. I love that. That's so profound and beautiful all at the same time. Mm. And again, like I, I really like to base my um, podcast on, you know, whether you're working with, you know, anorexia or bulimia or just disordered eating or whether you're just working to learn how to like yourself, you know, how can you hear, you know, based on what August is sharing, like yourself in this, like how can you take this, as not just a podcast to listen to, but a podcast to inspire you that you too can have this kind of shift that you can create this and that. Um, I know the, the fight is hard and like, there's so much beauty in the journey as well. So thanks for sharing that piece. I think that's really important to kind of like underscore, um, and bold and capitalize and maybe italics, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. what would you say is, like, what would you say is that piece of, you know, information that kind of like got you through to the other side of your journey with, you know, anorexia or after being diagnosed and then working through it? Probably the biggest discovery was that I really didn't know much. (laughs) I really didn't know much about my sexuality. I hadn't really thought a whole lot about it. Mm. I, I didn't know, you know, I remember at one point the teacher said, do you know that some, some women don't know where the clitoris is? And I remember looking at her like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. And in my head I was thinking like, I'm not quite sure where that is, (laughs) Um, but I have a general assumption, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a, there were just this whole, it was like, there was this, this kind of blanket or this towel covering mm-hmm. my, my genital region. Not that that is where our sexuality lies. Of course, it's m- more in the brain, but, um, 
but I just, I had all of this information that I hadn't really figured out or, or thought about yet. And Mm -hmm. I did get a little bit angry because I realized that there's so many barriers, particularly for women and people in the LGBTQ plus population where we not only learn less, but we learn a lot of damaging information and it affects everybody. It affects men too, but it made me really upset. And I think that getting angry was really healthy for me because I hadn't really, like that was not, I would get down on myself. I would get sad, but to get angry at the societal messaging, actually it was like a lioness was, was coming up out of me and my voice yes. got louder. Everything just yes. was brighter. Yeah. I love that. I really like, there is something powerful that happens to a woman when we give ourselves permission to be angry and just Mm -hmm. explode or explore or like release whatever that is because you really get to tap into such a powerful like core place to just like give yourself a voice I love what you said oh thank you I agree yeah it's it's a really important thing and I think it falls into the whole quote, good girl thing that we're taught that good girls, good people who identify as women are not supposed to get angry or be too loud Mm -hmm. or be too sexual. (laughs) So to challenge those things and to go, wow, this is, it's okay for me to have these big feelings. Mm -hmm. When you unlock that, automatically your sexuality benefits. I just think that when we work on all these different areas of our lives, it's, it's all so connected. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you see the direct connection is to like, anger, um, or releasing energy and sexuality? Oh, huge. I think all those emotions are very comparable to orgasm, right? Like when do we get that? When you get really heated with anger, it's actually a really good time. If you enjoy sex to have an orgasm, to play with yourself or to engage with a partner, because it's, to me, they're very parallel. It's, it's all this energy and you know, just kind of like a volcano almost like something's mm-hmm. building. And if you don't let it out, then there's a lot of tension physically and emotionally. Nice. That's awesome. I'm like, like, wow, I don't know that I could ever do that. I get so angry. I like shut down, but I don't <laughs> I'd be willing to explore that as a possibility. Um, again, if you love August and you're enjoying our conversation, August also has girl boner radio podcast so check her out she's on itunes she's also on the website that i gave you you've had such amazing guests on there what are some of your top favorites that kind of really stand out to you for that people should listen into one is my mom (laughs) i interviewed her twice i'm gonna have her back on which is really cool because she did not grow up with much you know sexual empowerment in her life and I didn't know if she would have the comfort level to sit down and chat with me there. And it was really cool. It's been a a growth thing for for us. Um, That was amazing. So inspirational. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she's going to come back on again actually pretty soon. I also had uh, Tika Thornton who survived sex trafficking here in Los Angeles. And she was one of the most inspiring guests I've had on. She's so brilliant. Um, And I always say like my 
I always feel like my latest show is my favorite. Do you feel that way? Because you're just like, I'm I into do. this one. Oh, I yeah, just get so excited. I'm like, yes, I love it so much. Awesome. So it's so great. We are going to hop into a commercial here and give you an opportunity to catch your breath because we're going to come back and just really light this episode up. And I'm so excited that you're on. You have so much empowerment and wisdom to share with us. And I can't wait to jump into more Again, we have August McLaughlin on. You can find her on her website at augustmclaughlin.com. She also has Girl Boner the book. Go out and get that. It has some very risque and amazing journal prompts. And she also has a podcast. So tune in. We're going to jump in more and talk with her next. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hello and welcome back to Heart Empowered Women Radio. My name is Clarice Connolly. I am your host and I am a women's empowerment coach out supporting women to live a fulfilling and purposeful life with intention and love and really inspiring individuals to have racy and uncomfortable conversations to explore the depths of themselves, not only physically, but emotionally, spiritually, and each and every week I love having on guests who are out in the world stirring stuff up, challenging the norms, um, you know, breaking society's labels and really just coming to you to have you live your best life in one way or another. And today's guest is exactly that. Um, welcome back to the, the mic, August. Uh, we have Thank August you, McLaughlin. She is the brand owner of Girl Boner. 
Um, I love the term. It really, I haven't used it in such a long time, but what would you say like in a synopsis or a Snapchat, like snapshot, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like is the, the premise, like what it, like, what do you want people to know about girl boner? Like, what is that thing that like you're just always sits on your heart when you start to talk about, you know, what you've created? There are a few things. One is that your sexuality is embraceable, no matter the specifics. Another is that no matter your shape, size, age, gender, orientation, desires, that you are worthy of pleasure. Mm. I love that. I love that. And what would you say? Um, I, I like, I'm like looking for this recipe, which is so funny because I don't know that it exists, but it's like, I know so many beautiful and powerful women who, you know, have rough histories of, you know, sexual experience and, you know, have either closed off that part of themselves who are a work in progress or who just don't challenge themselves to see that there's more freedom available or, you know, empowerment available. What are those things that you kind of work with women to, or talk to women about, like given how it's gone to like help them overcome it? For people who've had abuse and trauma and that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, it's so pervasive. So one thing that's really important to know is that if you are going through the effects of trauma that you are never as alone as you feel you are. It's a very isolating experience, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also really important to know that healing does not have a time limit. I think it's really easy to feel like we have to rush. Of course, we want to feel better as soon as we can, right, mm-hmm. from any difficult experience. But something that struck me personally after going through a really tough time, or I guess I was still in a, in a rough patch, was hearing somebody tell me, you know, you're, you're allowed to take whatever time you need to heal. Like you don't have to, you don't have to shun yourself for your feelings. I think Mm -hmm. honoring our own feelings is, it's very important to, we don't have to be yippy skippy happy all the time. There's so many well-intended messages out there that are like, you could just choose to be happy. You just got to choose it. And it's like, well, yeah, but happiness doesn't mean you never have any low moods or you never Mm -hmm. feel triggered by anything. Um, when you feel triggered, you feel triggered. And the goal is not to get rid of feeling triggered. The goal is to deal better with them, to honor and respect yourself, to find safety, to give yourself that time and space to breathe and, and then seeking whatever support you can is really important. Absolutely. And what would you say is, like a few modalities that you've used or a few modalities that you've recommended for people to kind of seek through or or work through and seek, you know, support around challenging life experiences in regard to like sexuality? I love this question. I think one thing that can be really helpful is some kind of therapy, Mm -hmm. um, whether that's there are different online options. Now there's like Talkspace, uh, there's Juicebox, which is an app that actually connects you with a sex coach, a certified sex coach. Um, there's actually, I think a discount still available. If you go to my podcast page, augustmclaughlin.com forward slash podcast, people can get a a discount there. Um, I also really love mindfulness as a practice and there's Mm -hmm. so many ways to do that. One is active meditation where you're 
walking, you know, yoga classes, there's full on meditation. Um, Pema Chodron is incredible. I recommend her books and guided meditations. I find to be really helpful, especially if you're not someone who's really great at sitting still, which I'm not. Um, uh, and then EFT, I really like too. Oh, um, I love and, EFT. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. You, do you use it? No. Yes, often. Yeah. Okay. So in case anybody who's listening doesn't know what EFT is, um, uh, what is it? Emotional f- freedom technique. Freedom technique. It's literally as simple as like tapping on your chest in like a rhythmic, calming, soothing nature. And like, you know, when I get super triggered or I'm like ready to jump out of my body and disassociate, it's just like maybe a high pace, much more faster mm-hmm. tapping um, to the point where you're just like you can notice the onset of something triggering you to a very it's just so easy to use. It's I always view it as like reparenting yourself. It's like, you know, when your mom wasn't there to be like, hey, it's going to be OK. It's like, how can you in that moment just be like, hey, you're going to be OK. And it's so like discreet. I think some people may notice. I've had people, I do it out in public and they're like, hey, you do EFT. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I just needed to get through this one thing, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is. Right? Um, yeah. Super easy. Check it out. Uh, it's easy to teach yourself. It's a great practice to keep practicing, um, to reach for the tool. Um, yes, love that. EFT. I also am reading a book called Pima, uh, by Pima Children that's uh, When Things Fall Apart. Mm, I love that one. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> if you haven't yeah. listened to it or read it or downloaded it, I highly recommend the book. It's heart advice. I believe heart advice for um, you. In difficult times or? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Go get the book. It's so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, awesome. So what would you say, um, man, you really just, those two things for me were just like, what? <laughs> yes. Um, what yeah. would you say is the, I'm going to kind of switch gears on you. So if you find that um, someone who's listening is interested in creating a racy podcast or racy, um, you know, article or really just like wants to get themselves out there about their sexuality or about, um, you know, what they believe in and, and also to inspire others like what is the thing that you could give them as advice or thing that you did that supported you in really starting down this path uh, especially with girl boner yeah that's a great question and I hear a lot of different kinds of questions around this topic one is that people get really concerned about privacy should they use their real name should they not use their real name and I think it's really important to do what works the best for you and know that you can always change so when you are writing about or speaking about taboo, stigmatized topics, mm-hmm. you are going to hit against some challenges that are pretty unique. You might get more doors slammed in your face and that kind of thing, but but it's so rewarding. So I think guiding with your inner compass is important because you'll hear a lot of kind of rules and guidelines that apply to general blogging or mm-hmm. general podcasting. And they don't always work for people who are talking about really sensitive issues. So if you hear something and someone's like, Oh, you just don't talk about that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was told so many times, don't, don't write about sex. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Eh, that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. You just have to do what, what feels right to you. And I'm a really big fan of, of baby steps. I Mm -hmm. do tend to leap myself. And if that's your personality, that's great. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important to know that, 
if it's too daunting or you're like a little nervous about creating a full on blog, just start doing it privately without publishing it yet. Like do little mini blog posts yeah, and absolutely. just start, start somewhere. Cause every time you take a step, it motivates your journey and you just don't know where it's going to lead. I love that. I love that so much. And I think, you know, again, if you're listening and maybe you don't want to post something as racy or something about sexual, um, in whatever it is, um, and maybe it's just starting a podcast period, right? Like I love that because then I'm like, oh yeah, you know, when I first started um, talking more about being diagnosed with herpes, it was really like I was just practicing telling people I knew and loved, practice telling people that were in my circle, practice telling people that were like out in that next layer of circle and then just practicing talking to strangers. And, you know, the more I got to talking, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so funny that stigma and shame is so intense but when you start to look at it straight in the face and just be like actually I don't care anymore and I'm mm -hmm. not willing to live underneath this shame hold and I it's just remarkable because I was thinking when you were responding that I posted a lot more um, on social media and it's funny because I can get a profile picture 100 likes or whatever comments or something um, I can post an article that's like mainstream and everyone's all over and commenting. I post something profound and powerful around the herpes community and I get like six, seven likes, right? It's, <laughs> it's amazing because I'm so into my path and so into where I want to be around talking and disclosing and sharing and empowering people that it's like, I don't even actually care that seven or eight people liked it or whatever it was. I don't remember the number, but the five six, eight people that reached out to me in direct messages that were like, hey, oh my gosh, me too. Or hey, wow, you're so courageous for sharing. Thanks for sharing that. Um, mean way more than I had actually imagined. And so I really do want to emphasize um, this like magic that happens when you follow your heart and when you follow something you're passionate about. And as, as August has been modeling the entire podcast, uh, when you tap into that genius or tap into that place that gets you most excited, that becomes easy to write about or that becomes easy to talk about, that's when you're living that empowered life and spreading your truth. Yeah, it's really true. And I love that you brought that up. And I also commend you so much for speaking out. I think it's so important and so beautiful. I think one thing also to keep in mind when we are talking about some stigmatized topics mm -hmm. that people find really sensitive is our metrics have to be different. So you might get, you know, six or seven likes on something. There were probably 70 or 80 people who saw it and didn't feel comfortable interacting right. because yep. they don't want other people to see it. Yeah. But you're making Absolutely. a much bigger wave. Like I'm sure you've seen that mm -hmm. before where like I'll mm -hmm. post something on my blog that has to do with, you know, STIs or, you know, the clitoris or whatever, masturbation. And I will get a little traffic on social media, but on my website, you see so, I mean, you see so many people gravitating toward it. Mm -hmm. They just don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. yet. You know, so it's hard because we're in this society that is so performance-based and everything is, is measured by numbers. Mm -hmm. And what I love about what you said was you're using the fulfillment and your own heart and also the private messages you're getting from people because that's what fuels me too. It's, right. you know, when you're having that kind of impact on people, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be public. It's, you're making a difference and that's what counts. Absolutely. What would you say is that, um, 
what would you say? I feel like the biggest, the biggest hurdle is either a perfectionism, like getting everything perfect and making it the blog, the article, the book, whatever it is, and performance. Like those are two things that you can actually um, also translate to the bed. How do you support people in navigating like that perfectionism or that performance mindset uh, when they're just trying to be intimate or sexual or love? Yeah, yeah, that's huge because, as you said, we have so much pressure, I think, because of the representations we see as sex and sexuality, which is ironic because we don't learn much. We don't Mm -hmm. get comprehensive sex ed, but we see this imagery of, like, sex is supposed to be two people together orgasming in perfect harmony at the same moment. It takes three minutes, you know, we see these things. Yeah. Or we see porn, which is supposed to be entertainment, but it's where a lot of people are getting there. Mm-hmm. The only access they have to a lot of um, information, if you're trying to replicate something that's made for TV, is totally different. So I think it's really important to, first of all, just become aware of that. And whenever you have those intrusive thoughts where your mind starts going during sex to, oh my gosh, am I being, am I doing this well enough? Am I... Am I pleasing my partner enough? Are they judging my body? Do I look fat? Do I look too flat? Do I do the mm-hmm. wrinkly, whatever it is? Um, am I taking too long? Just really taking some breaths and going inward and just really trying to f- connect with your own pleasure. Like mm-hmm. what feels good about what I'm doing? Can you, can you lock eyes with your partner and feel that connection? Whatever can draw you back, just sort of just like notice those thoughts, but then just nudge yourself back in because for the most part, whenever we're putting all that pressure on ourselves, it's doing the exact opposite of what you're trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to have this wonderful experience and instead you're like judging yourself and it's easy to fall into, but I think practicing mindfulness in the rest of our lives too can be really helpful. Um, And then really taking time if to prioritize your own pleasure sensually with or without whether you're masturbating or maybe you're putting lotion on your body or taking warm baths, like connect with your sensual self Mm -hmm. all by yourself somehow, because I think that falls off the priority list or never appears there for a lot of people. And when we do that, there is nobody else we need to measure up for. It's a really good training. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I've had a lot of conversations around this just because of, you know, the training that I've been through. But how do you differentiate sensuality, sexuality, and intimacy? Mm. So sensuality to me is all about the senses. So mm-hmm. that's smells and flavors and touch and all of that. Mm-hmm. Sexuality is a beautiful, innate part of each one of us. And it's so individual. It's It's our identity. It's how we express our sensuality perhaps and also our sexuality Um, and intimacy is more about connection so it's emotional connection with Mm -hmm. you it's emotional connection with another person and there's also physical intimacy you know when you're basically naked with a person or if you're just really close physically to a person Um, but emotional intimacy I think tends to drive the other kind so whether you're guy, girl, non-binary, I think intimacy is, sex is is emotional for everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not ever just physical. Um, So it's, it's important to realize there's a lot of overlap 
Right. Is that similar to how Absolutely. you define or? Yeah, no, I just think that it's really, um, I, I love that you touched on like the emotional part because it's kind of like emotional intelligence to be able to like differentiate. And I, again, like I love to challenge that it's sex isn't just a sexual thing. It's not just a physical thing. It's a sensual thing. It's an intimate thing. It's right. So when you can add like the colors to the rainbow, all of a sudden it just like pops because there's more than just, you know, putting it in and taking it out. Right. Like it's more mm-hmm. than just like getting off. It's, it's this whole field of like engagement. Um, so yeah. I, I love that because I think that that really colored the, the point that I was trying to get to. And the other piece I feel like is probably the most, um, the uh, around permission like I want to bring up the conversation around permission like how do you see what's the access point or the on-ramp for people to kind of give themselves permission or give their partners permission to really access these levels that are available to all of us permission is such a big theme I think you're so right I it's funny because my my draft of my well actually both of my books but my my first girl boner book that, that released recently, I had, there was so much permission in it that I was like, I might create permission slips, like actual. Yes. Because, yeah. uh, and I, and I still might. Um, and there's a permission exercise in the, the journal because it's interesting. We don't, it doesn't occur to a lot of us that we, that we need to give ourselves permission. Mm-hmm. We don't realize that we're waiting for permission mm-hmm. from somebody. So, um, I think again, the awareness is big and, and, asking yourself, what, what do you really want? Like, how can I turn myself on? How do I turn myself off? A lot of people turn themselves off before they ever engage with a person, um, where they bring up all, you know, all these other stresses and worries and things get in the way of it. So really getting to know what, what your body wants and needs, and then asking yourself, am I fulfilling this? Am I finding ways to do that? And a lot of times it involves communicating with somebody and that's really scary for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think knowing that, you know, working on that might be really good. Yeah. Trying to dip in. Absolutely. And I think too, like what keeps coming up for me when you're talking about this is like trusting. It's like, how much do you trust the other partner? Like how much can you trust yourself? Like how, you know, and, and really if you do love and trust that person, then, you know, what is the smaller conversation that you can have inside of the bigger, you know, desire to actually, you know, whatever it is, explore or understand. It, it was so funny. I just remember thinking of like when I was much younger and just starting out having sex, it was just like I went to Urban Outfitters and I have that like little racy book section and it was like, oh, I grabbed some of the book because I'm like, oh, if I just bring this book, I can just use this book as like this, like, oh, have you seen this book? Let's try this, you know, because I had no idea, right? How do you propose hey, I, I'm curious and want to understand more that there's more than just one option. Hey, let's look at this thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that, right? Like books are such a great platform to get to learn that there are other ways and things out there that you can do. I love that you have created that book um, to empower women to learn more about themselves, to learn more about what's out there, what's possible. Um, I, I really want to acknowledge you for that. That's huge. What are, what would you say are like, what's another way that people can work with you or reach out to you or really start to, you know, create a bigger connection to you and what you're up to? Mm, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. So 
people can directly email me through my website, mm-hmm. um, augustmclaughlin.com, or if it's easier to remember, girlboner.org Duh. goes to the same place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so people can, if they want, if they have a private concern, I answer a question for a listener each week on my podcast with Dr. Megan Fleming, who's a wonderful sex and relationship therapist in New York City. So that's one way. Um, I'm active on social media. If you just search for my name or the hashtag girlboner, I pop up. And, and then listening to my podcast, I really tried to create the intimate experience. As you were saying, there's something about sitting down and talking with someone. I really hope to create episodes where people feel like they are part of the conversation and it's really personal. So, um, you know, I, I have lots and lots of episodes. So those are some of the ways. And then I, I'm traveling around for my, uh, my book tour. And I have a little break right now, but I will be in Portland in January. I have a few other events. So if people sign up for my email list, I only write people about once a month, but I let them know, you know, what's coming up. So if uh, I'm in your area, I love meeting people. So I hope people would come out to a bookstore. I've done events at sex toy stores, at uh, a bar. <laughs> I'm all over the place. It'd be fun. Yay. I know. Whatever, whatever it takes to access people and to get out there. I love it. Um, so we do have about like three minutes left or so. And I would love to just kind of like give those to you. Like what is something that we didn't cover that you love covering? What's a message that you want to like etch on people's hearts? Um, you know, what's the empowering thing that really resonates for you that more people can hear? Oh gosh. Um, there are many things I could say. I, I think probably one of the biggest messages for me is that spending time with yourself is super important. And very often when people write to me, they're concerned that there's something wrong with them. There's something really weird about themselves and this must not be okay. And uh, so first of all, if you're feeling that way, probably like 99.9%, you're, you're completely wonderful and there's nothing weird about you. There's probably a lot of other people who relate to that. Mm -hmm. And then also knowing that if you have issues in your sex life or you feel like you're not sexy enough or sexual enough or you're too sexual or whatever these shame ideas that are that come up, I think so often the key to addressing a lot of these issues, in addition to like the self-awareness and and getting quality information and educating ourselves is to look at your whole life. I call it arousing your life and Mm. foreplay I see as a lifestyle. If you are connected with your authenticity and the things that you really truly care about, spending time with people who lift you up, pursuing your passions and curiosities in life, so often those are actually the things that are fueling issues in your sex life. And so it's just shifting that focus and saying, you know what, maybe these are actually symptoms. Maybe these are little flags that are telling me that I need to consider a career switch or I haven't been taking care of my personal needs or I'm not super happy in my relationship or I, I want a relationship, whatever that is. I think that we are each our own expert and you'll get to those answers. But if you stop being so hard on yourself and and shunning yourself for anything mm-hmm. in your sex life and just go, you know what? I-, I can do this. I just, what do I want in my whole life? And just let the pieces sink together. I love that so much. Like we are our own, um, you know, infinite wisdom and really tapping into our own truths and beginning to live from that place. It, I just, 
Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing what you're up to in the world and being the beacon of hope and possibility for others. Thank you so much for going out and doing that in a book, in a blog, in an article, and writing so much. Um, just amazing. If you are listening and want to find out more, she has Girl Boner. Go out and get the book. She's doing tours have to go check her out she also has a girl boner podcast and a website so girlboner.org and i just absolutely adore you so check her out learn more learn more about yourself go internal go figure out what it is that you want in life not just in the bedroom but everything from a to z and live from that place so thank you again Thank you, Clarice. And thanks for everything you're doing. I think your work is awesome and I'm really grateful. Yay, absolutely. Well, tune in next week. Go find out more about her. And as always, tune in for Heart Empowered Women Radio, where we hope to inspire and empower you to live a more heart-centered life in whatever way that looks like. So tune in and we'll talk next time.